It's the final word cricket podcast. World Cup Daily Day 27. Adam Collins and Cam Hobson be with you for Pakistan and Bangladesh at Eden Gardens for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Cam, sum it up in 30 seconds. Pakistan won comfortably. Uh, Bangladesh had a bat. Uh, they were 23 for three. Shaheen Shah Freedy went really well in the power play for the first yeah. time really in the competition. Uh, Bangladesh recovered from to 102 for three. And that turned into 204 all out. In reply, Pakistan new opening partnership, Abdullah Shafiq with Fakir Zaman in for the first time in the competition, breezed it. They went past 100 together. They got to 128 before they lost the wicket. Mm-hmm. They lost two more before they reached the target. Seven wicket win, incredibly comfortable. Yeah, inside 33 overs, they chased it better than a runner ball, which is what they needed to do after losing four on the trot. Pakistan, they needed to recover the situation. They're in last chance saloon and and they've, um, their, their semi-final hopes are alive, although it is a little bit tangential and we'll come back to that later on. Bangladesh, as it turns out, are the first team formally eliminated, yes. technically speaking. It feels can, ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, I know that Jeff and I have gone round the houses a little bit on this as well about what is possible versus what's very extraordinarily improbable um, but um, yes uh, technically um, England could feasibly make it although they won't and Bangladesh are now out of the competition What six losses on the trot worst yep. in World Cups for them haven't fired a shot they had a hard held win against Afghanistan which I reckon in hindsight flattered them the way that Afghanistan played on the opening day they'll be the ones who lament the way that played yeah, out absolutely. because Afghanistan pick up that game against Bangladesh and they should have they're only maybe two wins away from a semi-final berth and um, they lost a bit of net run rate paint that day to Afghanistan because they were bowled out cheaply but yeah so Bangladesh the along with England the huge disappointments of World Cup 2023. It's weird that that Afghanistan-Bangladesh game now kind of seems like the most out of kilter of the co- with the competition. Mm. Not even even the Netherlands-South Africa. Like You can have upsets. You can have moments where teams really play above their station. Yep. But just in kind of the flow of the tournament where the two teams are now, it feels really quite like a shocking and bizarre result. It's so much so with, with Bangladesh. If you go back nine months a year ago, it was quite a trendy opinion for, for people like us who kind of can show off to their mates and go, actually, if you're paying attention, yeah. Bangladesh, keep an eye on them for the World Cup. It's going to be conditions they're familiar with. They've got a really strong ODI side at the moment. And I was reading Mohammed Assam's piece, who's the Bangladesh correspondent for Crick Info. And it is amazing when you can kind of put your hindsight maths together. And he lists back over the last year and just how kind of slowly but steadily things have fallen apart for Pakistan, the, uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh, of most high-profile Tamam Iqbal retiring, then yeah. coming back and then being left out. And like Shakib Al-Hassan said very publicly that oh, Tamam's being childish. There was a very public spat. And also when I when I read that, if the captain of the team is saying Tamam Iqbal's being childish, that is not an isolated opinion. It can't be. It's not. That's not got to be a party line of sorts from... You've got to be carrying the room basically. if you say something like exactly, that or you'll get right yourself. Correct. And so it just gives an example of what's obviously been quite an unhappy camp for the last half many months. They switched to a rotation policy in around kind of June, July, Mm. which was kind of given the idea of let's have a look at everyone before the World Cup starts. But the result was they weren't 100% sure of their best combinations and also their kind of results kind of tapered off. So, for instance, they lost to New Zealand before the World Cup and they went, oh, it's fine. We're just working things out. Whereas actually you can now say, well, probably just winning's the best habit. Just pick who you think's the best team and let kind of natural selection take its 
take take its course. Right. Yeah. And instead today, I mean, guys who they have developed through that stretch of time, not quite so much Tanzan Ahmed, uh, Tanzan Hassan rather, who came in just before the World Cup, but yeah. made a half century early on and looked like he was a, a real prospect. But out to Shaheen, leg before um, in the first over with a with a hooping delivery, kind of a. It's been the World Cup of wickets and appeals and reviews in the first over, hasn't it? This is probably the sixth time we've seen something happen in the first over of innings. Matashanka yesterday. Um, we saw Shaheen have a dreadful review last week. Bolt's been guilty of that as well. Likewise, yeah. Mitchell Stark. There, there's been lots of action in the first over, not least from the left armers, come to think of it. I think all the aforementioned oh, left bowling, um, so uh, bowling left arm. In fact, they all are. That's weird. Anyway, um, so Tanzib was on the wrong side of that today. Uh, and then before you know it, I mean, there's that good catch from Osama Mir. We might come back to in a bit to get rid of Shanto, who yeah. has looked so good at times, right? Shanto in the last 18 months has has turned himself into a um, top-class performer in bilateral cricket, but it hasn't really translated here. They're relying on Marmadula, the veteran, yet again. They put on uh, 79 here in Lytton Dust to give them a vaguely credible platform before Shakib comes in and makes 43. But Shakib has to wait so long to pull the trigger. There's that moment in the 38th over where he hits three boundaries on yeah. the trot. Two of them hit the those practice pitches, which I absolutely adore yeah. at Eden Gardens. Um, old school. Fish and I went into that the other day a little bit when they um, played there then. But no, the, the ball's... That, that he went after, rather that the over he went into it trying to take down a bowler. It's so deep into the innings. The best they can probably hope for from there is 230, 240. And then, you know, Shaheen comes back, gets a wicket and it falls away quickly. Mohammed Wazim Jr. hitting the stumps on three occasions. I, I mean, I think you've been kind to Shakib there saying like he was waiting to pull the trigger. There was, he's so kind of painfully out of form at the moment. He went back to Bangladesh to have a, a hit with his yeah. mentor, came back, he's dropped himself down to sixth in the order. Like, you imagine if, like, say, Joe Root was ODI skipper for whatever world, and like he was like, "Lads, I'm feeling sad, Nick. I'm gonna have a hit at six. And you saw him back. So you carry on with Joe Root. Uh, you look up, and there's that old cliche about Joe Root. You go, "Oh, he's on 20." And I looked up today, and I went, "No, genuinely, how is Shakib on 20? I have not <laughs> seen him hit a ball at all." And he was just, it, it, he was pained at the crease. I actually kind of, it really endeared him to me in a way I hadn't mm. really seen him before because when players have played as much cricket as someone like Shakib Al Hassan has. I think it's often quite easy to assume like, oh, they don't care that much. But you could see him literally kind of pained at the wicket. I think he was on one off about 15. As you said, he was 46 off 63 in the end, 43 off 64, beg your pardon. And he had those kind of three fours kind of within there. He was really, really trying his absolute best to kind of keep that innings together. But they were kind of, yeah, Bangladesh were nowhere. A note for the top for the Tanzan Sun wicket. Shaheen Shafridi's 130-yard wicket. Yes. Record-breaking time, I believe, as well. 23 years of age, already got 100 wickets. I remember his first wicket in international cricket. I was there for it at Harare in 2018 when he was this uh, this 18-year-old with the with the hair that looks like a helmet, which he still has, um, uh, that square head of his. But, uh, yeah, what a gifted cricketer. There'll be hundreds and hundreds more at international level, provided he keeps his body right and all the evidence is that he will. Um, yeah, Litton Dust getting out when he did to, to Ifty as well. You know, a guy who... They need to kick on from that point, which meant that, you know, chasing 205, yeah. Pakistan were able to go, right, we can size this up. We can go up this quickly. They strike a lot of boundaries in the power play. Fakir Zaman, final word favourite. Jeff and I have been backing him in for years. We've never quite understood how he gets out of out of fashion with selectors. Okay. I know why it is. He has runs of low scores and he finds himself out of the team. He started this World Cup in the eleven. They said they were going to give him an extended run. They get rid of him. He's back yeah. again. Abdullah Shafiq, who's seeing them beautifully, his fourth score above 50 in the tournament. Imam Al-Haq's the collateral damage, and he's got a 
really tidy one-day career behind him, but they've seen fit to change it up, go with the more explosive fucker. Hit seven sixes today, the majority of them over deep mid-wicket, and one of them, Cam, was fucking huge. It was amazing. It was, it was great because on commentary, they got overexcited, and they were like, that's the biggest six of the tournament, and like the number comes up. And it's not the biggest, but it, did, it felt like it because yep. you could hear... Kind of, there was no. It was a shot of pure muscle memory, is where I can describe it. Like there was nothing wrong with the the, the delivery. Yeah. They then showed a pitch map, and it was kind of like the same ball that people just pat back down the ground, pat back down the ground, and for whatever reason, he just picks it up over square legs. So he's had to catch it completely flush. If all the angles are going to have to work at yep. the best, and it flew so quickly, how far back? And had a great shot of him afterwards, just smiling at Shafiq at the other end. Like I fucking caught that one, mate. Don't you worry about. Don't you worry about me. <laughs> he hit another six to bring up his 50 off Tashkin, which was just as good a shot, I thought, because Tashkin bowls a lot more pace and hits him back over his head. I think it actually cleared the sight screen. It looked to him on the mm -hmm. replay I saw, um, which, yeah, took him. Actually, Abdullah made it to 50 before him, played yeah. more conservatively. Abdullah's, um, you know, day out doesn't look as impressive, 68 from 69, but did hit two sixes after reaching 50. And Abdullah Shafiq, I mean, he is so graceful. The way he plays down the ground, we've spoken a lot, Jeff and I, about his play behind point and how... Yeah. Um, how how well he waits on the ball and plays under his eyes. I declared last year when we were in Pakistan that he'd make 10,000 test runs, and I stand by that. But I love the fact that that's now translated through to 50 over cricket. And yeah, they've got a partnership that, if all things are equal, are going to be as dangerous as any other partnership in, yeah. in this tournament. The question becomes whether they can get themselves into calculation again. There'll be many people out there who will talk about 92, who'll talk about that game at Adelaide when they're on track, they've been resold for 70-odd, then the rain starts against England, they get out of that with a no result, and they win every other game thereafter to go on to, to hold up the trophy. I, I accept there's a temptation to do that. I would just caution, though, that losing all the games they did, even if they win five and lose four, they would need to win from here against New Zealand, Bangalore on Saturday. That's a pretty big game. That's a big game. New Zealand is the team they could up, theoretically yeah. knock off and overtake, probably. And in England at Calcutta, who won't have anything to play for. So if they won both of those games, looking at net run rate at the moment, Pakistan are still just on negative, but effectively neutral, and New Zealand are 1.2. So if they pump New Zealand, yeah. that's a, actually, you know, okay. in, 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 in uh, Aussie rules speak, that's an eight-point game. You, know, you can win the game and you can get the percentage back. So, it's Got, kind of, yeah. um, so I, I can see that being where it might all hinge, but... New Zealand have been underestimated throughout the course of the tournament so far and nearly chased 388 three days ago. But what does it mean, Adam? What is it? All, every single permutation I go through, it's like, well, this team has to win every single one of their matches and the other team has to lose all their matches. I, I kind of... I think, you I, st I think we can stop talking about Sri Lanka, Netherlands and... Um, well, and even every other team in the competition. I basically. really don't think any... Because the way the net run rate <laughs> thing breaks down, I don't think we need to worry about them in semi-finals context. We can talk about them in the Champions Trophy... 2027, 2025. What a great tweak to the competition, by the way. Just to, just to fuck it up. Not announce something. They go, oh, you know how there's been all these dead rubbers? No, there's not. There's life in the competition yet. And apparently, hey. as Jeff and I have talked about on the weekly show, which I go out tomorrow, um, they knew this all along. It's just that England never really thought they'd be in the situation. But, but, but so this situation. didn't know. Well, it sounds like... The, the, the Netherlands didn't know. Didn't they? No, they didn't know because, because they, they didn't have a representative at the meeting. This is the thing. Oh. It's just decided at this meeting. There must have been an email that goes out. Everyone goes, oh, carries on with their life. 
but no one it doesn't with 100 people cc on it, it, it was you Sha- don't read it because you're like oh fuck someone else will read it yeah exactly and yeah. that's that's why none of the press realized Sha- shakiba al-hassan said it in the, in the presser and everyone went oh, did you what did you just said is that is that what's going but that's on? how it worked previously it's not been done on rankings in the past it's been done on okay. World Cup finish so bangladesh just on that while we're there you know that was semi-finalist the last time the champions trophy was held they had a brilliant victory against new zealand uh, to make the semis and then they um, lost to India at Edgbaston again that Jeff and I covered but um, they're not going to make the tournament the way nope. they're travelling penultimate well uh, they're in ninth and England are in 10th and um, pending results I can't really see them getting out of that slot they've got Sri Lanka and Delhi yeah. on Monday and Australia at Pune to finish the group stage so yeah you'd say that Bangladesh having been semi-finalists last time won't get there um, and uh, and that will be that. But yeah, um, with, with Pakistan, it could happen. They could get on a roll. Mohamed Wazian Jr. is an underrated bowler. We saw him at the T20 World Cup last year. Bowls quick, hits the stumps. Two in and over today. Then at the very end, a, a, an awkward strangle to get his third bowl. But he bowls with enough nip. Of yeah. course, Shaheen's a superstar who is now taking wickets again inside the power play, which was the one for whatever reason, question mark about his output so far in this tournament. Um, the experience of someone like Hassan Ali, who's in the mix there as well. Like they are, they are, they are a better side than it appears. And Iftika Ahmed, who took one for forty-four openings today, haven't even mentioned Big Ifti yet. We love him. The, well, I think the, the touching on the bowling attack is actually a really good point in that because of the comfortable nature of the victory, the change that Pakistan made, they made three. So Fakhr Zaman came in for Imam. Alga Salman came in for Mohammed Nawaz and Asal Mir came in for Shadab Khan. It basically meant that they then opened up with Ifti and then Harris Ralph had to bowl earlier. Yes. And he's been doing very poorly in the start of the innings to be doing much better at the death at the back end of the innings. But thankfully for them, it all kind of worked out and they only had to rely on those five bowlers. They took all 10 wickets. But Mohammed Wasim, a great example of numbers on the card don't necessarily dictate who played the most important role. He's got three for 31 off eight. Shaheen Shafri's got three for 23 off nine. Your ass not too different. It's like, no, 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 no. no, no yeah, it's, like, it, Mohamed Wazim got the best cheapies ever. He's clean. He's literally cleaned up eight, like eight, nine, ten. Oh, well, Mahedi Hassan. I don't know why Mahedi Hassan was betting down at eight today. He's better than four in the most recent game. Yeah. That, that's weird. He's better than that. Um, as, and he makes 25 from 30 to give them a vague chance of getting the 220 to 30. It didn't happen. But still, your, your point stands yeah. that Shaheen's wickets were worth more Correct. than Mohamed Wazim Jr.'s. But Mohamed Wazim Jr. last year at the T20 World Cup Bowl really quickly in the semi-final, I think it was, and helped get them through to the decider at the MCG. So he has got that experience on the big stage. Speaking of Harris Ralph, let's go to the final word, Hall of Fame. Final word, Hall of Fame, is brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. I have some, a different kind of ad to tell you, a different kind of promotion today. Right, Um, let's go. I'll react accordingly. Okay. there is plenty to do whenever you visit Westfield, London and Stratford City. That much we know. But there's no better thing for you to do on your next visit than donate blood. The UK is facing a shortage of O negative and B negative blood. And to ensure the supply in our hospitals remains at necessary levels, we're inviting everyone to drop by to the NHS blood donation bank in each of the centres. Um, if you don't know your blood type, a single, a simple finger prick test will let you know straight away and you can give blood immediately if you have the good stuff in you. If you do know your blood type and want to donate book directly at blood.co.uk does what it says on the tin westfield london westfield stratford city more bloody extra less bloody ordinary um that's that's an important message so if you're yeah. of a mind to doing that um the fact that they're short on a negative and, and be negative at the moment so um support westfield in that push before christmas so uh, your final word moment of the day cam yeah, I, was just, I, was trying to, I think i'm a positive so uh 
I got plenty of stock. I haven't done a, a plus? while actually. Yeah, I'm A plus. I reckon. I've, I've done a couple. Of times. I have no idea how blood types. Is, I is don't A know, plus the A plus is really common. It made me very sad when I found out. Oh, so right. I a bit more, bit more special. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've done it a couple of times, and very slow, a very slow blood dispense. I didn't realize it would be a particular weakness of mine. Hall of Fame. I can, can I go roundabout? I've got one Hall of Fame moment, which is Listen Dars and how long it took him to get off the pitch where mm. after he got out. One thing I want to touch on, which I got really frustrated. So Hall of Shame for one of cliches, or whatever. Or another sense of annoyance at kind of ICC, BCCI scheduling this competition because there was so there was a really good crowd in today yep. at Calcutta, and it was like, cool. They should be playing at Calcutta like yes. ten games. There. Oh my god, it's, it's the it's, best. It's the best ground in India, and I mean, in terms of the history of that ground, just play heaps of games there. Why would you deny yourself that? But it's also in the east of India, which borders yep. Bangladesh. It's kind of. I don't know my geography perfectly, but I'm going to chat, chat to a Bangladeshi colleague about this. And then he was like, it'd be so frustrating. There's so many Bangladeshi families that still live or have family in West Bengal. And if you have more games in that part of the world, there's going to be more people who come from Bangladesh and hop over for a game or whatever. And so I just was getting, I was getting so frustrated because it was talking about it like, oh, what a surprise. This is a really good crowd for a midweek game. <laughs> Not Bangladeshis in today. That's so strange. And I was like, surely this was like part of the thought process before. And the same, because I remember looking it up. Bangladesh played two matches in Kolkata on yeah. their night. That's all it is. Only two. Sri Lanka plays zero games in Chennai, the most mm. southern mm. kind of ground and also big, big Tamil population Huge as well. Population, yeah. And you're just kind of tearing your hair out in terms of like the easy wins that have been missed in this competition, which has been frustrating on a number of counts. At least yeah. we got to see lots of games at Lucknow. Exactly. Yep. Is that, does that, does that exactly. make me happy? Does that make you happy? Not really. Fuck. Okay. Anyway. But my actual Hall of Fame was uh, Lytton Das. Um, he chipped it to mid-wicket when he was getting out. Um, and he got the timer off, up on him. And he, it was 25 seconds yeah. before he left the wicket. Because he was so distraught that he just... <laughs> prodded this incredibly like oh, yeah. nondescript off the offy from if offy from ifty and uh it was a sad day yeah that was um that was the moment when it all turned for bangladesh my hall of fame moments relate to two pakistani cricketers mm-hmm. firstly harris ralph now yes. he had 40 he had uh 18 taken from his first over against australia good stuff had 24 taken from his first over against somebody else i can't remember now game they lost that's a lot Today, he's got 13 taken from his first five balls. And then Big Harris picks up the big wicket. Mushfika Rahim, the wicketkeeper, the veteran, finds the outside edge and up goes the finger of Big Dick Kettleborough to send him packing. So I was just, I was happy for Harris, having had these chastening experiences in his first over, um, to get in the book straight away and to end what was already an expensive over. I think it was um, Lytton hitting the boundaries then. Then Mushy uh, was trudging back to the pavilion. And also, uh, Samamir, bless, I mean, uh, I feel like all of our... There was there was so much goodwill towards this guy after dropping that catch off David Warner in his first World Cup game a couple of weeks ago at the Chinnaswamy. It's yeah. the most straightforward chance you could ever imagine. Warner goes on to make 162, I think it was, and Osama's day got progressively worse, made a duck, had 88 runs taken from him and all the rest <laughs> of it. To take that blinding catch, and it was a blinding catch, to get rid of Shanto, the second wicket early in the power play in Shaheen's second over, um, I know it's not his first good catch of the tournament, but you know, it just feels like he's a guy who was a bit of a laughing stock two weeks ago and might yeah. still yet have himself a bit of a World Cup, especially now it feels like he's ahead of the pe- ahead of um, Shut Up Khan in the pecking order. Yeah, it was that drop. It was nauseating watching that because I just think my heart. I just don't. I never think I have more sympathy for people than when I see them drop a catch yeah. because I just know how terrible they're feeling and how hor- and how rude ten other people on that pitch are feeling towards them. <laughs> yeah. and then to kind of see him come out the other side of it, 
take an excellent catch still. I saw when I saw the clip, I went, Oh, that was a good catch. And I went, Oh, a good lad. Yes. <laughs> Get him over here, play some club cricket next year. It'd probably be standard. Anyway, uh, now where are we? That's it. That's, That's the it. final word Hall of Fame. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we have New Zealand against South Africa, which is a pretty big game. South Africa have only dropped one game. New Zealand have lost two in a row. I know they nearly chased down 388, but if they lose the third game in a row, that game between Pakistan and New Zealand in Bangalore on Saturday will be gigantic. Exactly. So it's one of those where it's a a bigger game if South Africa win than if New Zealand win. New Zealand win, it kind of takes everyone away from that pack still. That's exactly it. That's at Pune, uh, and Jeff's there um, doing that game on comms. So he'll be with me after play. Thank you, Cam. As always, you'll be back with us. I think you're back pretty soon from memory. Doing the weekend, I believe. Saturday. And you know what? Saturday, we're going to be recording. You haven't told you this yet. We're recording Saturday's show in my local, in my pub. (laughs) Before, I don't know if you want to cover the football afterwards, but wait. I'm going to the football afterwards. Uh, that's it. Uh, our coverage is thanks to Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Donate some blood, blood.co.uk. Uh, and Bangladesh are dreadful. Pakistan, maybe, just maybe, there could be something there. Bye. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out.